everybody and welcome to another episode of Cinefleck. I am your host Ethan Colburn. Uh, welcome finally to our Valentine's Day episode. Uh, Valentine's Day is this Sunday. I would I want to put this out a little earlier on my usual schedule so you've got some time to listen to it but um, so yeah I, I had a great time recording with Stephen and Griffin both of whom have been on the podcast before. Uh, Griffin's done the Young Girls of Rush for and Playtime, and Stephen came on and did uh, It's a Wonderful Life in December. So we've got two return guests. They were both awesome on this, and yeah, it's just it's a beautiful, beautiful movie to talk about. So I I, I had a great time um, chatting with them. Next Monday, I have um, Moonlight coming out with uh, Clara and Ryan, two very popular popular guests and um i had a great time chatting with them i just recorded that yesterday actually so i will get that out on monday and then the next monday there's going to be another episode coming out i will announce that probably on the moonlight podcast but it's a it's a big guest and i'm really excited uh to share that info with you guys so look forward to an announcement on that um, in terms of other announcements, uh, I just had my first, um, Patreon group chat, which was really fun. Thank you to my patrons, uh, Sydney, Zach, Isaac, Stephen, Griffin, and Jaden. So if you, if you want to join my Patreon, uh, check out patreon.com slash Cineflex, all the link in the bio. So check that out if you're interested. Without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. I hope you enjoy. Uh, Stephen Griffin, welcome to the podcast. Welcome back, both of you. Thank you. <laughs> Glad to be here, man. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. It's great to it's 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 great to have you both back. And uh, this movie is gorgeous mm-hmm. and it gets better every watch and uh do like do either of you want to talk about like first experiences with the movie do either of you want to start off just like how you when when you first saw this and like how yeah you griffin yeah griffin you go because i gotta remember yeah um yeah i kind of have a weird first experience um i saw before sunset before i saw before sunrise mm, interesting yeah, so I watched Before Sunset on a plane. I was on a super long plane ride from South America going to New Zealand. And I just, I was maybe 18 years old. I was just getting into film. I'm like, oh, Before Sunset. I've heard of this. This looks awesome. And I thought it was the first one. So I watched it and I, I, I like maybe 30 minutes in, I'm like, man, I feel like I'm missing something. And then it took me <laughs> another year to finally watch Before Sunrise. I'm like, ah, this makes more sense now. I get this. <laughs> okay. Did, did, did you feel like... Did you feel like that filled in the gaps? Did you feel like that's an order that you would recommend people watch them in? Or was was that difficult? No. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm an idiot. Watch it in the order that they came out. <laughs> uh, for me, it was just like some summer night. And I had like a bunch of friends who were like, dude, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. So I like popped some popcorn. I sat on the couch and like I watched it. And it was just so insanely overwhelming because like, it was. It got really heavy really quick, and I was like, "Damn, I want this." I was like, "I want to walk around the streets." What? And then I watched Before Sunset uh, last week, and it yeah, uh, it was really really good. I liked, I liked almost the conclusion, but not quite because there's a third one. But it felt good. It felt good to for the end of a sequel. So I, I, it is a nice story. I, I thought you were gonna say you popped something else other than popcorn, maybe some some MDMA. Pop some hard shit. Yeah. <laughs> pop a tab and watch before sunrise, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think the first the first time I watched this was when I was trying to set my college roommate up with this girl he liked, and I was like, oh, I'll just like casually suggest a really romantic movie. <laughs> um, they're still together, by the way. 
Hey, so, matchmaker Ethan. And they ended up studying abroad <laughs> together in Vienna. So I don't know if. Oh I come on! Oh come on! But, uh, <laughs> that that's the biggest humble brag I've heard in a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't mean to flex, guys, but basically recreated before sunrise for these two people. So basically, no, but like, yeah, I mean, honestly, like then going to Europe and sort of traveling through Europe, it's like it. You know, obviously, like I had a girlfriend during that time, but like you do get it, it does sort of capture like the magic of sort of like wandering through a city and uh, just like having these conversations. There's something about like having conversations in a place that doesn't speak the same language that you're having the conversation. I don't know if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. No, totally. It it does because I've been there. It's in a way when you're in a country that their primary language isn't English. It, it feels like your conversations are, are much more private, much more intimate because you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, that understands what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like you're walking around and you're having this conversation. It's like, no, like, like even if other people can kind of understand you, it's just, you feel like you're in your own bubble. And I think this movie's all about like their, their bubble. And obviously mm-hmm. everyone in Vienna speaks English, but <laughs> yeah, it's so beautiful and it's so intimate. And like, it just kind of captures uh kind of how people talk in a way that mm-hmm. i think i think the 90s was just a great decade for dialogue and that you have like just like linklater and tarantino both very very mm-hmm. different styles but both kind of capturing kind of like the gen x like f- conversation you know that 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 hadn't that you just don't really get in 80s movies where a lot of 80s movies feel stilted i mean i don't know if you have if either of you have any just thoughts on like what the conversation style feels like. And yeah. This. Uh, this is one of the movies I think about when it's like, it's a very like human movie. It's like, we mm-hmm. can all think back to a time where we've had a conversation like that. This is one of the movies that all the conversation just feels natural and it never feels boring or like, Oh, this one was better. It was like, I like you get drawn into it and you like time passes and you're like, Oh my God, the movie's over because it, ju- it just flows. And so the dial, the, the dialogue flows very well. That's one of my favorite parts about it, 100%. Yeah. yeah t- totally. Like, Ethan, you, you mentioned Tarantino. With him, it's like the, the dialogue is action. But with Linklater, mm-hmm. it's like the dialogue is plot. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, the conversational tone of the film just makes it, like, so easy to watch. Like, it, it's just hanging out with friends that maybe they happen to be, have like, fallen in love and you're a third wheel. But it's, <laughs> it's so great to be there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was I was realizing this in the scene where where he first he where he first kisses Celine, and there's something about like like the camera work in that scene. It's, mm-hmm, first mm-hmm. of all, it's a gorgeous scene there on top of the Ferris wheel at sunset and everything. But like, there's something Ugh. about like there's something about that scene where like you're 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 watching them and they're getting closer, and it's almost like it's almost like from his point of view until they kiss, and then it feels like I'm mm-hmm. just third wheeling in this in this. Uh, <laughs> in this ferris wheel car like i felt like you know i felt like i felt like oh my god she's like you know she's like wrapping her arms around you and then and then all of a sudden they're kissing and it's like oh like now you're just watching two people kiss (laughs) i don't i don't know does that make any sense yeah like i feel like i feel like i shouldn't be here this is a very like intimate moment i feel like like, i need to like look away or something all of a sudden like you're intruding on this moment uh, (laughs) like for so much of this movie you you feel i think um I, I think you feel like like one part of this couple and mm-hmm. um I like for me it's also just like the dialogue and so much of what they're talking about is like things that I've like thoughts that I've kind of had in in pieces in different ways like just the thought about like you know her thoughts about just being really afraid of death and like his thoughts about like well if reincarnation's real like where where all the new souls coming from mm-hmm. like all like i've had these thoughts in some form or another and then just forgotten about them and it sort of puts it ties everything together in a way that it feels so natural and you would have thought it was improvised but apparently it was like highly highly scripted mhm yeah it's i interesting. didn't i didn't know that uh they both like helped write the script and mm-hmm. I looked it up and I was like researching because I was very intrigued by the screenplay. It was written like 14 days or something like that. Like it was yeah. written like super, super quick. And so it's really cool to see that they both like writ or wrote, sorry, the script. And so that was, it was interesting. 
it takes on this philosophical like tone that it's like these are just normal conversations that these two characters are having but these conversations don't exist in the real world very often it's like these are conversations that that are super interesting that i want to be having yet most of my conversations are just about about mundane life and these two characters are diving into like what makes humans tick like like why are we on this this world like these it just they dive into the deep end just right away they, they don't spend time in the shallow end yeah, especially for two people who just met as well. It's like they just met each other and they're having these insane conversations. I think I think um I think there's something about like about like the fact that they they've jumped so quickly into this and mm-hmm. I mean just like I feel like they're both so inquisitive. I picked mm-hmm. up there, there's this there's this part there's this part in the middle of the movie where they're in the church and she says like she always feels like this old lady that's like stuck in a young person. And then he feels like this 13 year old boy that's like trying to figure out life, you know? And the truth is like, I feel like I'm constantly between those two ends of things where like, I'm constantly like, shit, I feel like an old person that's like in a young person's body. But then I also feel like I haven't figured anything out. And I don't know, but there's something about like, they're both, they're both like so mature yet so inquisitive and naive and i think mm-hmm. that that's kind of what comes across so well ethan w- w- would you say that you feel like you're both harold and mod <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i would i would i i'd like to think i'm mod but i'm probably more of a herald on a day-to-day basis <laughs> yeah any 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 thoughts on that Stephen or griffin I think it just comes down to the two different worldviews that Jesse and Celine have. Like, like Jesse is this is this idealist. He's this this young romantic who, who doesn't fully grasp how how the world works and, and and just sees the best in everyone. And Celine has 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 this more kind of like realist attitude towards everything, where where yeah. she understands how the, the the world works and therefore she's slightly more pessimistic. But I think you get you get both with young with like young people where you get people that are like feel like they've figured everything out and you get people that are like, I'm just so excited to experience everything. I mean, I think, I mean, you brought up Harold, Harold and Maude as a joke, but this movie is a lot like Harold and Maude where you have these like very different worldviews that are colliding. Though I think there's something about like, at least like their conversation tone that doesn't feel most of the time. It doesn't feel combative. If that makes sense, despite them being so different. Yeah. I, I think it's because of that conversational aspect. It, it just be, because these two characters are trying to like, figure out who, who the other person is and, and they're having this not, not necessarily argument, but, but a discussion. And it's just like, they're taking the values that they have in their lives and just kind of weighing them against each other and kind of seeing how other people view the world because each individual person has a, has a different outlook on life. Yeah. Like either of you find yourself relating more to one philosophy or the other. For me, I guess it's more of the uh, like the pessimistic, like Celine's view where it's like we don't know why we don't know why we're here. It's, it's figured out mm-hmm. as you go. Uh, I guess that's kind of more where I land. Interesting. Yeah. If, if if I would have guessed, I would have guessed that we we're all just three Jesse's boys right here. That yeah. All, <laughs> I, no, I'm definitely Jesse's boy at heart. But we get down to philosophy. It's probably a little more pessimistic than it should be. <laughs> no, I think that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, like. I find myself agreeing with both of them at different times, but I do tend to be a romantic and that's when I really relate to Jesse, mm-hmm. I guess. Cause I do tend to be someone that's like, at least I mean, I mean, Jesse's pessimistic at different points because yeah. like Celine gets, Celine gets caught up in the palm reading. And yeah, Jesse's that's what like, I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring that up in the palm reading scene. And, 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 and then the poem thing is the same way where, mm-hmm. where all of a sudden it's like, Jesse's the one that's like not, trusting of strangers mm-hmm. or not like believing in the sort of ethereal the sort yeah. of the the magical selena is much more spiritual than, than jesse is that's that's for sure yeah yeah i guess i find myself relating more to jesse because he's more romantic and he's more like i'm gonna make this work i'm gonna like i'm gonna see you again like he's the one that's kind of yeah. pushing that um i don't know well, where do you fall griffin on sort of the jesse and selene worldviews Again, I, I'm not gonna go give all my money to, to palm readers or anything like that. That's that's not <laughs> me. But like, I'm 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 a Jesse. Like, 
a famous philosopher once said that there are Jessies and there are Celines. And I, I'm a Jesse, and, and I'm not ashamed of, ashamed of it. Like I, yeah. I will be, I will be the guy who shows up to Vienna six months later and just because and just gets heartbroken because the Celine doesn't show up. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. This this movie, I mean, it's it. I, I, I mean, I mean, we started touching on the sequels earlier. It's kind of hard to mm-hmm. separate from the sequels just because, oh, yeah. just because, like you you know, you really get to know these characters over three movies. But I think I think Before Sunrise is interesting on its own because it's it's meant to be a standalone movie. And so I think when I watch this, I try to think of it as it's meant to be a standalone movie. And I know that like Richard Linklater said early on that um, that the ending is sort of a litmus test for actually how romantic you are like do you think they got together or do you think they left it like not no not knowing before sunset existed do you think you would have thought that they got together or do you think it's just impossible to separate at this point i like to think that they got together like at the end i was like all right if i hadn't i didn't know at the time of like the first time i watched it i didn't know there was sequels until after when i went to like rate it or whatever and i saw at the bottom there was two more and i was like super surprised so at the without knowing that there was other movies i felt like they had gotten together they come back that's just me i was like i feel like they probably would have gotten back together considering how how well the first meeting went i figured that they would probably meet back up again yeah totally it has to to do a lot with just kind of where you are in your life like Mm -hmm. if, if you're if you're young like I am, I'm, I'm 22. So I, I'm, I'm firmly in around Jesse's age where it's like, I want to believe in that love, that kind of like romantic nature that exists. Like I, I want to believe that that type of love is real and that, that it occurs in this world. But, but when, when I'm, when I, when I'm 30, I'll, I probably won't, won't I'll be, be a little bit more jaded. I'll yeah. relate a little bit more to before sunset. And then when I'm married and then divorced, probably, <laughs> is it because you're trying to convince yourself or is it because you genuinely kind of believe in that both i don't know (laughs) yeah like it's it's such a complicated thing to kind of crack and try to figure out how you you like what your thoughts are and what you believe it's like i crave the warm feeling this film gives me because like i want to believe in that romance that jesse and celine kind of share in like i want to believe that that's something that, that that actually exists but at the same time i was like i have like maybe doubts like yeah that's just that's just that's just, that's just the movie magic and that, that doesn't that doesn't really occur but at the same time it's like maybe it does i just i don't know and i think both of them are grappling with that too i i, I mean i mean this whole plot couldn't really exist in the world of technology because you just you know yeah. talk to someone and be like hey you you still going to vienna and she'd be like nah but like but yeah, there is something that they're both grappling with with of like if you have a connection with some with someone like how much is that worth, I guess? Like how much is it is it worth like, you know, traveling across multiple countries? Is it worth, you know, flying like a third of the way across the world to see her again or like and do you have enough faith that that she will? That's what I find so fascinating about the ending. Yeah, totally. Steven, do you have anything to say about this? Um I mean, yeah, like when you were talking about how like you have doubts and things like that, I definitely feel like where you are in life and like people who come from different paths of life will interpret the film differently. As like, as for me, it's like, I'm still, I'm, I'm super young. It was like, I still believe that, you know, there's true love out there. I haven't had an experience where I haven't or where that has contradicted itself where I was like, oh no, never mind. So that's, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I, I think I think what what makes it so like special is like this like idealistic romance is only possible be, because it's fleeting. It's not mm-hmm. this like they're not thinking mm-hmm. about the future. They're only thinking yeah. about that now. And that was super commendable too. It's like they literally have a timer on like their day. Like there is a certain time when they have to leave, but they never like mention that, or not to my knowledge or my remembering. They don't mention. Oh, I have to go in a little bit. Correct me if I'm wrong, but. Well, yeah, it's sort of it's sort of built into like the premise, like it's sort <laughs> yeah. of like, hey, I have a flight in the morning, but they don't they don't really they're not really talking about it the whole time until until the until the scene where they're on the boat, I guess. Yeah, the boat is when they kind of they're like, oh, geez, it's been 
been a while. They have the one scene where they explicitly discuss, like, yeah, yeah. We don't want to talk about like this impending departure in the morning. We only want to experience the now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Super I think you bring up a good point that it's that it's ex- it accelerates the timeline of like having these conversations. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's not. Had had they both been like, oh, like you know, we're living in Vienna for a few months. Let's just like let's just walk around the town for a bit. They probably would have just chatted about whatever. But it was like there the whole time there was this time pressure and that's that's i i guess that's why the the third movie to me isn't quite as magical as the first two is because the first two really have the time pressure and the third one the third one's a very different tone and that's it it's it's actually it's great in its own way i love the third movie i just think the first two have that magic because it's like let's let's experience each other like in the moment and it's so much about like the the, the present I yeah totally i think the, the the closest i've had to a before sunrise experiment or uh, experience i was in a hostel in la paz bolivia and i um the the girl that i was sharing a bunk bed with uh we had this this really awesome connection that we had been spending a ton of time together and and um we stayed up till maybe four in the morning just just talking and the next morning, I had to wake up at seven in the morning because I was going to go climb a mountain. And then she was leaving to go back to Canada. And then we just shared yeah. this, this like really like accelerated night, and that was just really magical. And then because we live in, in the 21st century, I, we exchange Instagrams, we talk every every now and then. It, and then eventually, we were like, "Hey, let's do a long distance relationship." And of course, it didn't work. It fizzled out. Like, <laughs> like the, the magic was was only there because it was one night. Like Ethan said, it's like a new open. They're both in like the same boat. It's like uh, they're both doing the same thing. You know, like they're just traveling. Like they're both coming from different places, and they end up at that one spot for like one day because she just came back from her grandma in like Budapest or something like that. And he's just like passing through. And so they both kind of meet each other at the same spot. And so I guess they have that kind of relatability of like a uh, small person, like a new big city for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I think, I think it comes around to like, like this, this point, uh, like the beginning of the movie, they meet just by pure coincidence. Mm-hmm. They, they meet because uh, Celine moves seats because the the older couple um, sitting across from her are fighting. She goes and sees us, this cute little Ethan Hawke and she's like, hey, cool, cutie. <laughs> I'd like to tell people I'm named after Ethan Hawke, but that's that's totally false. But <laughs> I, I'd like to believe. I I'd like to believe that too. There's two very cool Ethans from like the the couple years before I was born, but uh, unfortunately, I think my mom just thought it was a cool name. Um, <laughs> what's like both of your like favorite moments that they that they share together? Like, what do you find like the most kind of magical moment between the two of them in the movie? I really like the record store scene because it's like it's super close like 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 just the beginning and they're both kind of like you can see that they're bouncing different music off each other because she's like well do you know who this is and he's like no I don't and then they go in the music room and it's that beautiful moment and they're just listening to that song and it like it, it, it feels tangible almost it's like we've all had that moment like you're listening to a song with another person like you kind of have that connection through the song and so I feel like that's a really personal moment kind of hits home for me so that's i i will fight that scene to the death i love it so much i love that song too i'd never heard that before yeah i didn't either like i was listening to the lyrics i I, like finished it uh like a couple hours ago and i was like man i was listening to that song and i was trying to like pick apart the lyrics because the first time i watched it like i felt like i was just like swept away by it like i it just like grabbed me in and then and then I watched before uh, before sunset, and I was you know kind of looking. I was like, all right, well, where this is gonna go? And then on my rewatch, I was a little more critical of it, trying to pick little things apart, trying mm-hmm, to see mm-hmm. how they apply to the other ones. And so I felt like I was a little more analytical this uh, second time around. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. that definitely makes sense. Griffin, any any thoughts on like what your favorite moment moment I mean, that, that they share is? That that record scene. Mm-hmm. just like the the record store scene just just sort of rocks so that's yeah it's oh. so good but, so oh. good I and their glances favorite. back and forth they like don't yeah. know if they're about to kiss yeah you're like, you're like the tension oh is just God. insane you, you you can see their sight lines just like barely miss each other and it's like if they were to connect you you know they would have kissed yeah 
Oh God, so good. Just like pulls up my heartstrings. Yeah, yeah. it's so it's so intense that scene. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there there's so many little moments like that. It also reminds me, uh, like the scene right before that, that long take on the on the like the tram. So there's, good. There's so that good, by shot. The way. My favorite scene. That's such a great scene. There's that shot where he continually almost uh, pulls the hair. Like out. yeah, I noticed. The, yeah, it was like I was like, ooh, it felt kind of weird at first because I was like, you just met her. I'm like, would it move someone's hair out of their face for the first time? But like, you kind of feel for them because they're in this deep conversation. She's just like swept up in it, so he's like just trying to move her hair or whatever. And it's sort of an intimate gesture, but then he's like, I don't know if I should be doing that yet. Yeah, it's kind of like the idea, but yeah, it's like it's like it's 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 the first time they're really starting to be comfortable together i guess but that it, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a similar moment to the record store scene where it's just like it's all body language and it's just kind mm-hmm. of this silent moment where you're just like oh, it's it's a like it's electric between the two of them yeah because it, there, there's so much going on in the dialogue but there's even more just going on like what what's not spoken mm-hmm. like like everything that 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 um that connection between them is is solely visual like what they're talking about like doesn't really matter in terms of their relationship between the two of them but it's like the only things that that you're able to see are just these small little gestures that that, that say the world between them mhm totally totally this, this 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 movie also captures so well i love the moment where they're they're walking across the bridge and like like um and like they sort of admit that that it's kind of awkward mm-hmm. like because I feel like that moment's so real where you, you they they're they're diving so into like okay we're getting off the train together and then they're like okay well now now what do we do do we just sit here and talk I guess like I I just love that little awkward moment that they kind of share it adds kind of a realness to the scene because it's like yeah it kind it kind of gives it like a worldly thing instead of just like oh like Griffin said like movie magic kind of adds like oh well this is awkward and so it kind of adds a little bit of. Uh, like worldliness to it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally makes yeah. sense. Um, Griffin, like what's your favorite moment between the two of them? It's, it's the hair scene. Like, it, like it's gotta, it's, it's gotta be the, the scene where Jesse almost uh, goes in to, to brush her hair back, but he pulls back and oh. she does it herself. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, there, there, there's that, that scene, but, but just um, mirrored in before sunset where, where um, Celine, Celine goes to, to comfort Jesse. And then, she pulls away because she's not quite sure. And it, it just, it says everything about the relationship where it's just, they, they feel so intimate towards one another, but at the same time, it like logically it's like they, they barely know each other. It, and it, it's such like a personal thing to do that in this accelerated timeline feels so natural, but at the same time, it's, 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 a, it's a weird thing to do. Yeah. 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 And it's also the scene where they're, they're asking each other questions about like, their first loves and their first like sexual feelings towards mm-hmm. towards someone and all that. And it, yeah, they're just they're just like 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 let's let's fucking get to know each other now. Like let's you know let's make this yeah. happen while we can. I, yeah, I don't know. I he jumped straight into that too. I was like, yeah, totally. who's your first love? Your first sexual feelings, like man. I was like, he went deep, and I feel like that kind of set a premise for the rest of the movie. It's like there's no like, what's your favorite color? Like, where do you live? It's like, like it sets a premise for the other conversation because now they know each other on a deeper level. I feel like that, like it's such a beautiful scene altogether. Because it only just talks color, itself Steven? from there. It's blue all the way. Yeah, no, okay. no doubt all, about it. Blue movies. We're, We're all in on blue. blue. I love it. I love that. <laughs> this makes me happy. Yeah, blue's the best color. Um yeah, 100%. yeah, no, no, but I I totally agree. It's like it's like his his willingness to dive in, but then but then I I, th- I think the other thing you get with that is he's um he's so ready to learn about her life, but he's not really ready to open up himself because mm-hmm. every time she yeah. throws back to him, he's like, uh, I don't really want to get into this yeah it's like he just he wants like, to be wrapped answers. up in the fantasy yeah. of of it all but then doesn't really want to like face face his own reality of like mm-hmm. where he's at i guess which i find f- so fascinating there and that comes back in before sunset too when he's talking about about like when they're in the cafe when they're talking about like where they're at like he still wishes he had that uh like he, i mean he even wrote a book about it that about their experience he still wishes he was in that magical 
young moment, but he's old now. And so mm-hmm. I feel like that kind of comes back. And so I feel like that makes the moment a little more special is because you know in the later films that he's still he's still like longing for another experience like that. Yeah, yeah, he always he always wants that. I mean, we won't get too far into the sequel, but like I yeah. <laughs> I was amazed that it will that was that was able to sort of ca- recapture some of this magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's like if you thought, I mean, it's one of those things where like if if you love the first movie and the sequel was about to come out, I'd be really nervous about it. And then obviously mm-hmm. they they I I mean, t- to a lot of people the sequel's better. I I slightly prefer the first one, but yeah. The sequel's incredible. 100%. The sequel's bomb. I, I, like, if you made me choose, I'd like. This is like a Sophie's Choice situation. I, I can't choose between my children. I, I love them both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> at, for sure. At the same time, like b- before sunrise, is just lightning in a bottle. It, it just captures something that's like so magic. Just like the elation of like, like just this pure romance right at the beginning of a relationship, and that it's like the, these two characters like are. are Honestly, like they, they can't believe what's, what's, what's going on and the whole time or we just get to experience it with them. I like also noticed this time, like um, like that moment before he asked her to get off the train with him, like he's like almost about to make that move for like two minutes and he doesn't know how to. Yeah. He's like he's glancing up at her. He's like, should should I? No, nah, I probably shouldn't do that. That would be weird. <laughs> he's like too relatable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You realize like he he I mean which which is also yeah, that's also more real because like people in real life don't tend to be that bold, but it's it is sort of real because yeah, he sort of comes to that conclusion naturally, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shoot or shoot. Shoot yeah. or shoot. What's what's like what what was there like one conversation topic that made you especially like reflective this time? Yeah, I really loved, um, it was kind of multiple conversations um, throughout the movie, but just any time that they kind of discussed gender and mm-hmm. and not only um, Celine's view on men, but also Jesse's view on women. And it's like, they both have these almost different, different viewpoints that aren't necessarily like clashing, but just reflect like where they are in their lives and how they view the opposite gender. For me, I feel like it's the church scene because, like, we touched on this a little bit already, but he's talking about how he still feels younger and she's, uh, she feels like she's an old lady. And I feel like because she went with her grandma, she kind of relates uh, relates the two. And so it just goes back to the different walks of life. So for me, it's definitely the church scene when they're talking about, like, where they're at and, yeah. Weird, weird, uh, weird thought. I totally remembered them going to the cow play yeah I, 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 the first time i watched it i was like man they told these dudes they were gonna come to the play like yeah we're yeah. gonna try to make it and they never do i was like i kind of wanted to see the cow smoking a cigarette i was like kind of sounds intriguing it does uh, i mean i don't know guys like I, I would like to to make a make a proclamation to all the cineflex uh uh, listeners that I am anti cow play. That's, that's, that's what? A, like cow play? A, those, those 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 Austrian guys are lame. <laughs> no, they were so they were so excited about it. Like this is our cow play. Yeah, he said like three times. Like yeah, I'm the cow. Yeah, I'm the cow. He was so happy about it. And they told them they were gonna go. It's like come on. That guy's a loser. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I totally remembered them going to the play. It was like an implanted memory where they like they show up at this place and they're like, "Wow, this is really weird." And then they kind of they kind of they, they they like run into the guys again. They like chat for a bit, then they leave. Is this yeah. is this this is not at all a thing though? No, I, I don't. It's a <laughs> the bizarre first like... implanted memory. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's the... eternal Ethan wishing that they went to the play. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe, so. But maybe that's the real so odd. To me. Play was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Who, who's like your favorite side character in it? Then the the palm reader lady. Yeah. So she comes in for a second. She's like, after she gets money, she's like, "Y'all are stars. We're all stardust." And then she's like, walks away. She's like dancing with the money, and she like walks away. I love she's it. She's fantastic. She's fantastic. <laughs> I I also love the palm reader. I know I just ragged on him, but I love Cowman. <laughs> <laughs> that took me by surprise. <laughs> yeah, it did like, take me by surprise. That's 
I just love the conversation. Like, I stand by my statement. He's just a loser. Like, I hate that guy. But I love him. Like, it's it's such a interesting conversation because it starts out, like, with uh, him and his friend just being pretentious Europeans. Like, oh, like, yeah, you don't know English. You're, you're a dumb American. Yeah. Then they're like, oh, why are you only, only in Vienna for, for a night or whatever? And then it transitions into, like, this conversation of, like, hey, like, I want you to come see this 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 uh, pre- like this, this play that, that i'm in that I'm, I'm very passionate about it like flips a switch and it like shows off these two different sides of him and, and really flushes him out but at the same time he's just a stinky loser <laughs> <laughs> no it's true it's true i think i i think early on like they have they have two weird interactions with strangers that that bond them a little tighter right because they're they're sort of they're sort of up against the common enemy of this like annoying couple on the train and then mm-hmm they're sort of like together again, like they're like, what was that? What were those weirdos with their like cow play? And so I think they're sort of <laughs> oddly like bonded over, over these like weird interactions with strangers. Both time, both times bring them closer. A hundred percent. And I think that's, that's like, really, that's really true. Like the only times I've talked to people on public transportation is when like someone else is acting weird and then we'll like start chatting. With the cow play scene, it's like they kind of rely on each other because we've all had a conversation with someone like, oh, yeah, for sure. Damn, that's yeah. crazy for like the fifth time. And so they kind of like rely on each other to get out of that conversation because you can kind of tell that they're like, oh, yeah, we'll come to your play 100 percent. We'll absolutely be there. That's what I worry about when I ask people to listen to my podcast. They're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, I'll check it out. <laughs> Ethan, I have a confession. I've never listened to any episodes of your podcast. <laughs> I didn't even know what it was until you texted me. <laughs> You're like, what? Oh, that thing where we talked about Zoom for a while? <laughs> Honestly, though, like, I I, um, I was, like, going through my letterbox feed today, and like, and, and, like, I saw that someone reviewed Groundhog Day, and, like, I just commented on the thing because I just put out my Groundhog Day episode. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, actually, I like actually put out an episode on this if you'd like to check it out. And she's like, no, thanks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> Shot <laughs> down immediately. Like, oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm good. <laughs> at least she Shows was violence, front. man. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, my God. I was dying at that. No, it's hard to promote things. I think. It's so philosophical. I'm not a philosophical person. And so, like, I've, I've been trying to get into philosophy. And so y'all are talking about, like, different, like, paths of life and stuff. And so it's, like, for me, I don't have that much experience. Like, I've never traveled. I've never left the U.S. Like, super, super lame. But I feel like this movie almost adds a little bit to that, you know? Where it's, like, kind of, like, wishing for something, you know? But so I also I'm, think... Yeah, no, I totally agree. But like, I also think so much of this is is not about like studying. It's they're they're not talking like Nietzsche. They're talking like just like their thoughts on their like like things they think about when they're falling asleep, mm-hmm. like dreams they had when they're children, and like that's yeah. that's something that we all have in some ways. And I noticed that she brings up a lot of childhood experience as well. Like she brings mm-hmm. up in the cemetery her childhood experience there, her childhood experience, you know, like walking around at the church and things like that. And so I didn't really notice that. And so I guess that kind of balances out her pessim- uh, pessimism almost where like she still has this uh, grasp on her like childhood magic. But then like, you know, she's older now. And so she's kind of losing that a little bit because, you know, she is a little bit more pessimistic than than Jesse. So it almost adds a little bit more to her character that we know that she still has a grasp on her childhood and yeah. kind of the like the wonder of it. Yeah, totally. I mean, like her obsession with death is so interesting. Mm-hmm. We haven't really touched on that yet. Yeah. I mean, like her, like I, I for a long, I mean, it comes, it comes and goes, but, but I've, I've, I've gotten, I've, I've gone through periods where I'm really freaked out about death just mm-hmm. as a concept. And so like, that's something th- which I, I think this movie also captures is this idea that like it tends to be that it tends to be young people that that freak out so much about that. I don't even know why that is, but it's like they don't really return to that in the later movies because I don't think people in their 30s get as fixated on that idea as like people that are sort of coming to their own and like experiencing that as an idea for the first time, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. 
yeah, that's really fleshed out because she's talking about like back in the cemetery scene where she was like 13 and she realized she was like, oh, like this kid died when they were my age. And so that kind of it's that's fleshed out like super early in the movie and keeps like keeps pressing throughout the film. Yeah, yeah, no, 100 percent, 100 percent. And like, I love that idea that, yeah, she says she says like, I'm 10 years older than her now Mm -hmm. i was i was their same age last time i was here yeah like this idea that that like that there's something sort of eternal about like this girl that that died it was and 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 then she also talks about in that scene how there's something sort of there there, there's something sort of eternal about people not knowing you're dead Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is kind of a disturbing concept but yeah interesting yeah and, and death is even brought up before that when um jesse talks about um how many people are uh in the world right now and, and how many people were around fifty thousand years ago mm-hmm. and if if we believe in reincarnation which jesse seems to do mm-hmm. it's like like are, are we just like one fiftieth of a soul right now do, are, are we not one soul because there, there's there's Right in 1995, when the movie came out, he says there's between five and six billion people. We got almost eight billion right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, totally, totally. Um, what do you think about that, Griffin? Do you have any thoughts about like where the souls came from? I guess for me, like even if you like, he brings it up. Even if you don't believe in reincarnation, it, you still like it. Still, like, gets you thinking about well, if I don't believe this, then what do I believe? And so, even if like he's talking about reincarnation, you can kind of tell like Celine herself that she, you know, she doesn't necessarily like she doesn't. Does she explicitly say she doesn't believe in reincarnation? I can't remember. I don't. She believe doesn't. So. Okay, well, you can kind of get the vibe from her from her reaction that you know you can kind of tell that she doesn't think that, but you can tell that she is thinking about uh, what like the afterlife and the souls or whatever. Yeah. I think it just comes back to their just general outlooks. Like, mm-hmm. like if, if you don't believe in afterlife, you, you might be a little more, bit, bit more pessimistic. And Jesse's like, oh yeah, he 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 loves these concept of souls and afterlifes because he he wants to believe in them. He's optimistic about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, early on when they're on the train, like he's reading a book about love and she's reading a book about death, and it's just like, I I I I didn't even see what book it was but it just said it was like something something more which is death in french and then yeah his and it was, was like, like bl- his was like all colorful and like blue yeah. and hers was just, it it was like black and white and that was it so like you kind of get that from there they're two different personalities yeah yeah no for sure for sure uh, is, is are there any like scenes or things that we haven't touched on um yeah like one, one of my favorite parts is just the the scene where um, Jesse and Celine pretend to be on the phone with each other or mm-hmm. the phone with mm. significant others in their, in their lives mm-hmm. where um, oh man this is yeah. I, I cannot form a thought you're um, good we'll get there I think the scene is so powerful before them because this is one of the few times in the movie where they actually get to say what's on their mind and they don't have, have this um they have this medium that they get to work through where they get to pretend to talk to, to one of their friends and, and tell the other, tell the other person like what their true feelings are. Yeah. Cause like they, 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 they like all of their self doubts. Right. And they're all kind of like doubting their own, their own reasoning for jumping into this so fast. And they're able to sort of work through that with the other person. And yeah, ask through this weird medium of acting like it's, you know, like it's a friend where, they're yeah they're they're like suddenly aware they 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 become less self-conscious after that scene because they've sort of aired out all their mm-hmm. all their sort of worries i guess yeah because yeah, they just can't come out and say it so so they need to do it behind this like this veil yeah yeah no totally totally any thoughts on that scene steven yeah i mean it just kind of uh it's a difficult like topic to talk like for me i'm i'm kind of an open person but that scene was a little awkward for me on watch because it was like, you know, they're airing out all of these like heavy, heavy thoughts, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like with like the phone, it's kind of like, you know, like when you do like an airplane for a kid, they want to eat their food. It kind of uh, acts as a fun little me. I don't know. I make that connection. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it, makes, it, it acts, makes sense. It acts like a fun excited. little medium to get through something that's heavy and difficult because I myself, I, I'm not a fan of 
heavy conversations, deep topics. And so to add a little bit of fun and uh, kind of goofiness to something like that, it makes it feel a little bit better. And so for me, that's, yeah. Are, 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 you <laughs> some, are you someone that tends to jump into like relationships and yeah. Like yeah. people that you like fast or do you? <laughs> no, I guess for me, uh, I'm a very big people person. I'm very extroverted. Yeah. And so like when I meet someone that I like or like we kind of click really fast, it's like I want to engage in that more. Yeah, for and sure. And so I, I tend to jump into things uh, and then like hesitate and think about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It's like hard, like get get all the fun, all the good stuff first, and then we'll deal with the heavy stuff later. That's yeah. So for the right now and for the past few years of my life, I'm in a position where it doesn't really make sense to hop into a uh, relationship. So I've just been keeping it casual, and yeah, it's been working. I like that. I got you, man. Yeah, I like works. it. That works. <laughs> like like uh, Jesse uses the the time traveler pickup line. And let <laughs> me tell you, it, it doesn't work in real life. <laughs> That that alone is movie magic. Is the pickup line? I'm like 0 for 39 with, with that line. <laughs> wow, That's, wow, it's... those are rookie numbers. Yeah, <laughs> and you know if the, if it hits with a person, that that's the person because they're the only person to to come in with the pickup line. It's a good point. Ooh, 99 people in the room. All you need is one yes, right? Come what on, you're man. telling me is I should just go up to every every human woman that I see yes. and just try to hit on them with with, uh, with lines from Before Sunrise. <laughs> uh, I feel like that's it's probably a start. It's a yeah, romantic you're movie, getting man. somewhere. Okay, yeah. for whatever reason, I feel like women wouldn't like random men coming up to them and saying like, "Hey, w- w- when you're like in the future, when you when you're in an unhappy marriage, you're, you're gonna want to get with me." <laughs> it honestly kind of reminded me just now of that line from Superbad where Jonah Hill's like, "Ah, oh, you know, when like a girl like wakes up the next morning and she's like, oh, I got drunk, I got so drunk last night, and like I shouldn't have fucked that guy." He's like, "We could be that mistake." <laughs> <laughs> Just going on a limb. I love that line so much. (laughs) The desperation. It's so funny. Oh, God. I gotta do super bad on the podcast. A super bad podcast. I just watched it like a week and a half ago. Let's go. (laughs) No, yeah. I guess I I relate to Jesse in the way that I just jump into things really fast. Mm -hmm. So it's like not not necessarily like romantically, but like just like I, I do just. I do just like leap into things and sometimes I don't don't totally think them through or like I just get addicted to like a positive feeling, which is I mm-hmm. feel like some what so much of what this movie is. It's like it's like let's just let's just have more of like what's what's working for the two of us, which is like mm-hmm. so intriguing to me. Um yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Any any other thoughts on anything? <laughs> there's one thing that, that jesse says near, near the, the beginning of the movie where he's he's pitching to selene his idea for for cable access show mm-hmm. about about just this this day-to-day life of yeah. people it's going to be broadcast 24 7 and he says like it's just the poetry of day-to-day life and i think that, that line really captures what's so great about before sunrise it's, it's like there's there's no like great overarching plot like the whole movie is just a conversation but it just it's poetry like it's just so philosophical and poetic it, it's, it's great before sunrise for me uh when i first watched it it was a really big inspiration because like i want to be a filmmaker and so it's a really big inspiration because i feel like a lot of movies don't focus on the beauty of you know everyday life like today i went and like walked a trail with some with some friends and it was beautiful and so i've uh before sunrise is a movie that really inspires me because it touches on the beauty of everyday life and deep conversations. And I feel like that's, that's what makes it stand out from a lot of uh, romance movies is because it feels so, um, so positive. Have y'all seen that movie? It's like called like one day or something like that. It's yeah. like some like Anne Hathaway movie I watched with uh, my ex-girlfriend and it like I had watched before sunrise. Uh, yeah. So sad. <laughs> Uh, I had watched before sunrise um, before I watched that. And so I kind of had this expectation and it was just like, it fell flat I feel like this is just like top tier romance. It's oh, so good. Also like in terms of inspiring, like a filmmaker, it's, it's a movie that feels doable. 
Like it feels yeah. like, you know, it feels like shot on location. Like mm-hmm. let's just get two actors and throw some random extra people in there. And yeah. like it's carried by its script. Yep. It's yeah, really all uh, about the script. I'm glad you touched on that a little bit. Cause I like, I felt like the premise of it. Yeah. It could be done uh, in a way that it doesn't like, it's not good. Like it felt like it was like, it, this could be like a Hallmark cheesy romance movie, but the way that it's directed and scripted, it's, it makes it stand out like uh link later's direction uh is so uh for me like is so versatile like you see like dazed and confused and like bernie and school of rock it's just so completely different his directing is so focused on each one of those and it's like you can really tell he hones in on what he wants the movie to uh, like to be basically it's been an hour and we haven't like i don't know if we've mentioned link later i love him i how love did, link later that I love you, man. Should I, we just should we just re-record? Just restart. <laughs> Run it back. Run it back. One more time. <laughs> no, I love Link later. So good. Uh, that was him and the Coen brothers when I first started getting into movies were directors that I really like attached myself to. Obviously, Wes Anderson is my favorite director, basic indie white boy shit, but I love him. Um, I respect it. Yeah. But Link Later, uh, he hasn't made a movie that I just I haven't liked. I know a lot of people hate Boyhood. Have you? Do y'all like? Oh, I love here? Boyhood. Boyhood's yeah. amazing. Boyhood slaps. It's so good. It's great. It's so good. And so I love his. I love his direction. It just feels. Uh, I love his Texas vibes too. You know, like oh shout yeah, out to my strong from Texas. Te- strong I love. Texas vibes. I love the Texas vibes. It's so good. I love Linklater totally. so much. Well, I think I think you bring up a good point with the Coen brothers because both of them kind of let their like rather than rather than making their directing styles super flashy both of them kind of let mm-hmm. their let their put their scripts like first and yes. foremost yeah and uh, highlight the dialogue and they both have just an eye for characters and mm-hmm. i think it's so admirable like, yeah so yeah, much like of it, his work is so, characters it's so bold too to make movies that are just completely different from each other because mm-hmm. I looked it up and I was watching, I was like, "Did Dazed and Confused come bef- before or after?" And it, uh, it actually came before, and I didn't know that because Dazed and Confused came out ninety three, and it, like I felt like it was such a big jump and like a really bold move to go from you know like the best hangout movie of all time, Dazed and Confused, to the greatest romance movie of all time. So he's covering his bases. Uh, I love him so much. But they're both kind of hangout movies, right? They, uh, I don't know if I would like. Like I got new buddies. Let's pop on before sunrise. Okay, no, I, I guess I guess it's not hangout movie as in like I'm hanging out with my friends and let's like put this movie on. It's kind of hangout movies as in like you're hanging out with the characters, right? Yes, yes, there, yeah, on that terms, yeah. I, yeah. I misunderstood what you meant. I think no, no, no. I mean, but they're yeah. I, I guess I, I mean I mean hangout movies in that way kind of has two meanings, right? Because, mm-hmm. but yeah, in in the sense that like the whole time you're sort of you're you're just with the characters on whatever journey that they're on. I think, Mm -hmm. I think, um, I think both of those movies feel very contained, but they have this sense that, that like, like Celine and Jesse feel as real as like friends of mine, you know, Mm -hmm. like they just feel like they have their own lives and I'm happy that I get to return to them at, at different points, you know? Yeah. I'm going to fangirl over Linklater a little bit more. Yeah, go like, for it. He, he builds location so well. And I feel like with Before Sunrise, like they all have these like specific locations. And then at the end of the movie, before the credits roll, before we see them on the trains again, we see each of the location, like the the wine and the grass and the Ferris wheel, the boat, uh, the record store. He builds locations so well and it kind of feels like home almost. It's like you mm-hmm. like these characters have that connection and so does the viewer. Uh, maybe that's just me, but like I feel like I've built a connection with those different areas as the films go on. Films, I mean, every Linklater film I've seen. Uh, that's He builds location really well and kind of fleshes out the tone with the location. You know what I'm saying? Totally. And I think you bring up a good point just about like returning those locations because the way the way he shoots them in the morning is very like not romantic, like not yeah. romanticized. And so much of the movie is shot in these like very intimate shots of the two of them and then all of a sudden you mm-hmm. see the locations from far away you're like oh that's where we were yeah and it's sort of like returning to a familiar place yeah and you touched on that a little bit angle. it feels less uh it feels farther away because like you know a lot mm-hmm. of uh the film is super close up like i noticed that this round a lot of it is it's kind of close like he's still like we touched on 
it like you feel like you're with them at the end it kind of separates a little bit and you kind of get a broader view of the area totally totally griffin any thoughts on that i think it's important to to mention that the the shots of locations at the end of the movie are without selena jesse yeah it's like they're not romantic because these two people aren't there we're not romantic about the beautiful locations we're romantic about these these two people meeting each other and finding that this connection yeah have you ever like returned to like a place from your childhood and it's felt different mm-hmm. yeah yeah like like or, or like for me like i i studied abroad in paris and like i went i went there like only six months later just uh, sort of on a whim but um it even just like felt different then you know what i mean like it didn't have the same people it I was seeing the same places, but it didn't have quite the same vibe because I wasn't with the same people. And definitely yeah. like recalls that experience of like returning to some something and re- reflecting on the like times that you have that you've had there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting in regards to Before Sunset too. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. No, Before Sunset, I'll talk about this probably more on that. I hope we I hope I do a before sunset podcast, but yeah, the the only the only thing that bothers me about that movie is I get distracted by where we are in Paris because they mm-hmm. like like where they're walking, like they end up in a different place and it just kind of bothers me. But yeah, like, me too, because I, I definitely know about the, all the geography in Paris and stuff. Yeah. So, so you, Steven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I wish I could just like get over that. And then that scene where they're on the boat, that great scene where they're on the boat, like the boat sometimes like goes back like because they go into the same bridge multiple times. And I'm just like, mm. <laughs> it, it's, I just need to like, like for that movie, I actually need to ignore the background. I need to like actually really? choose to ignore the, because well, it's, it's just, just so I can not get distracted by the continuity of the background. Cause yeah. that just bothers me. This is one of the, like before, before sunrise is one of the movies where like the background is like helps tell the story. Totally. A little bit. I think I saw a list on Letterbox or something like that of like films that like embrace the background, and that was like the number one. And then it got me thinking about it as well as how the background helps portray tone and like where they're at. You know what I'm saying? Totally, totally. And I love the idea that like as the night goes on, they're like you know, like as the night goes on, people are going to sleep, and therefore they're more alone, mm-hmm. and so it becomes more intimate as as the city winds down. Right? Yeah. Yeah, until like the that, end's just like it's just the two of them mm-hmm. yeah it's almost like nighttime takes on this like magical timeless feeling like as if they have forever together yeah and they mention and they mention when when the sun comes back up that they feel like they're in like real time again you remember that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and then and then she has to go Ugh. oh it's so crazy ha- i uh they both uh just tears at my heartstrings man Never fails to make you feel something. No, it never fails. Any um, any Valentine's Day plans, either of you? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> I'm gonna be just asking random women out on the street and uh, yeah, using the time traveler pickup line. Sounds solid. <laughs> the time traveler pickup line is is solid. You know the movie the I'm I've got Groundhog Day and then About Time and then this. So if you count this as a time traveler movie in the sense that he w- <laughs> is asking her to time travel, it then it's three yeah. time traveler movies. Hey, but it has the word is, time travel in it. So I mean, I guess it, it does counts. have the word time travel in it. I watched like 30 minutes of About Time. I need to finish it. It's oh, I, yeah. yeah, you have to. It was a long time ago. Doesn't matter. Solid, solid, <laughs> solid movie. Um, yeah. Any, any. Any other just like thoughts on this movie and its magic? I was a really big fan of uh, the soundtrack. Like I was a really big mm. fan of the music, uh, especially at the end. I, I looked up his name. His name, uh, the guy who composed his name is Fred Firth. And he mm-hmm. did a bunch of other things I haven't heard of before. But the music is is beautiful, especially like at the end where it's kind of like high and it's bouncy and then it kind of slows down i'm a really big fan of movies that end on kind of like the character just embracing their environment like uh totally uh sound of metal finish like that where he just kind of like embraces his environment i love that and i love this because like they both close their eyes and you know they're kind of you can tell that they're thinking about what happened but it ends on this moment of stillness and oh, it's, I love that. it's so beautiful i love films like that 
Yeah, but the the music just rocks like so there's good. Seriously, banging harpsichord near near the end of, of the movie. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, I totally just adore this movie and like fall in love with it again every time. And there's a piece of my heart that's always going to be in love with um Julie Delpy because of this. I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen her in anything else, but I know she's in um shoot three shoot uh. Three Colors. Yeah, that's what it was called. She was in Three Colors. I haven't seen those yet, but I'm a really big fan of her. Yeah. I haven't seen, I haven't seen yeah. Three Colors. Yeah, no, I need to see. I need to see. I saw the first one, which she's barely in, but then she's. I think she's pro- prominently featured in the second one. Which one's the first one? This is uh, so off topic. I'm no, so it's confused. fine. Uh, blue, blue, <laughs> yeah. white, blue, right, red. It's the. Okay. It's a, It's in order of the colors of the French flag. So, bleu, blanc, rouge. Okay, okay, okay. Totally off topic, but. No, I want to see more. It's I really fine. liked that. That's, she was really that's good why I avoided that series for so long is because I didn't know what order to watch them in. Yeah. <laughs> they both do really good. I'm a really big fan of Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. I'm a huge is, fan of Ethan Hawke as well. Yeah. Uh, it was really funny because like, I never heard of him. And then I watched before sunrise and I like started like, he was more like out of nowhere. He was more prominent. I guess I just hadn't noticed it, but he's so brilliant. I need to watch dead poets. I haven't seen dead poets yet either. Oh, you do. So, yeah, his I'm, acting I'm sh- style is so is so subtle, and it's not he's not he's not and he's never flashy, Mm-mm. but he's always uh, like he always just feels like he's so spontaneous, which is so beautiful. Yeah. He's a very versatile actor as well. I mean, like Boyhood, like look at Boyhood compared to like First Reforms. Like he both he uh, has leading roles in both of those, and First Reformed is probably my favorite performance of his. It's. I love. Oh First yeah, Reformed. I still haven't seen First Reformed. So good. I love First Reformed. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm excited to check that out for sure. It's a good one. Well, um, yeah. Any just like wrap wrap up thoughts on this? If you haven't watched it already, do it. It's Valentine's yeah. Day. If you don't what have a lover, you, yeah. make yourself sad. Plug it in. For sure. Just have fun. For sure. Absolutely. In so any good. of Steven's friends that are girls, please, please date him. <laughs> Steven please, oh love. my God, please. <laughs> Steven deserves love. So does Griffin. Aww. Griffin deserves love. Griffin, so yeah, love. we got to find you somebody. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm already shooting my shot with Julie Delpy. We'll, we'll see how that well, goes. Y- y'all know the drill. I usually wrap up with a, a quote uh, from one of you in character. Do either oh, jeez, any... I forgot about this. <laughs> <laughs> you go first. You gotta go. Ah. <sighs> I have to think. Um, I want to. Let, let, let's pitch him stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've what I've been quoting. Sorry, I have to use language. Sorry, mom. Uh, it's the part from where Flash he's like, "Do I look like a double fucking rainbow?" I love that line. <laughs> I've been like uh, one of the single tier people. Do I look like a double fucking rainbow? It's <laughs> so good. That Whiplash. is a great line. Sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Steven's mom. Oh, I think I've been swearing throughout this. I should apologize for that as well. Nah, she won't care. Steven's mom, I meant every word I said. my phone number. <laughs> Griffin, what's your line? Um, yeah, like, I, I want to do something from uh, my favorite scene in probably any movie ever, uh, the USS Indianapolis scene from Jaws. Um, oh, yeah. So... I, I I could do the the whole monologue if you want me to, or I could just do the yes. last. Yes. Uh, do do as much of the monologue as you can. Yeah, I want to hear the monologue. Okay. All, right. All right. I gotta clear my throat. All right, let's go. I'm, I'm, <laughs> so, I'm, I'm so ready. <laughs> Japanese submarine sub. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, restart. Yeah, yeah. Run it back. Run it back. Run it back. I'm I'm gonna take a picture because I want to. I need to like post this on Instagram. Yeah. All right, go. Japanese submarine slammed two torpedoes into our side chief. We was coming back from the island of Timian to Leyte. We just delivered the bomb, the Hiroshima bomb. 1,100 men went into the water. I settled down in 12 minutes. Didn't see the first shock for about half an hour. Tiger, 13-footer. You know how you know that in the water, chief? You can tell by looking from the dorsals of the tail. <laughs> what we didn't know was that our bomb mission was so secret, no distress signal had been sent. They didn't even list us overdue for a week. Very first light, Chief. Sharks come cruising by. So we formed ourselves into tight groups. It was sort of like you see in the calendars. You know, the infantry squares in the old calendars, like the Battle of Waterloo. The idea was that the shark come to the nearest man. That man starts a pound and a holler, and sometimes that shark, you go away. 
but sometimes it wouldn't go away. Sometimes that shark looked right at you, right under your eyes. And the thing about a shark is he's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eyes. When he comes at you, he doesn't even seem to be living till he bites you. And those black eyes roll over white. And then ah, you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming. The ocean turns red. Despite all your pounding and your hollering, those sharks come in and they rip you to pieces. You know, by the end of that first dawn, lost a hundred men. I don't know how many sharks there were, maybe a thousand. I do know how many men, they averaged six an hour. Thursday morning, Chief, I bumped into a friend of mine, Herbie Robinson from Cleveland, baseball player, Olsen's mate. I thought he was asleep. I reached over to wake him up. He bopped up down in the water. It's kind of like a top, upended. He'd been bitten half below the waist. <laughs> At noon on the fifth day, a lucky Ventura swung in low and he spotted us, a young pilot, a lot younger than Mr. Hooper here. Anyway, he spotted us and a few hours later, a big old fat PBY come down and started to pick us up. You know, that was the time I was the most frightened, waiting for my turn. I'll never put on a life jacket again. So, 1,100 men went into the water. <laughs> 316 men come out. The sharks took the rest. June the 29th, 1945. Anyway, we delivered the bomb. Yeah! <laughs> I need you to learn the, the Triton monologue, the Harky Triton from the Lighthouse next podcast. Oh, I need to hear that. Yes. I want to hear your I want to hear your Willem Dafoe accent. I will have you, you back if you, do, if you do the whole Hark, Hark speech. Hark! Just go up to random girls and start doing that. Hark! <laughs> Yeah, it works. It works. That, that's it, actually man. that's actually what I said when Paige and I started dating. <laughs> I actually invented the Hark speech. Oh, really? Yeah, that was me. Yeah, that was love me. it. Love well, it. Griffin, you definitely have the record for the longest quote on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, my boy Griffin. <laughs> Congrats for that. Uh, thank you guys for coming on. This is like super. This has been super fun. I love this movie. Yeah, of course, man. Have me. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cineflag, and I will see you next week.